All down. All silent. Going, going, going. Go on, Congratulations. Welcome to the Current Market Insights Podcast, brought to you by Harris Partners Real Estate. Each episode, we chat with real estate author and industry leader, Peter O'Malley, to discuss the current property market conditions and provide insights to assist you on your property journey. Welcome back to the Current Market Insights Podcast. Peter, thank you for joining me again in the studio. Great to see you, Kieran. Always great to see you. Look, earlier in the year, Peter, we did a bit of a deep dive on uh, being a seller in in 2023. Uh, I thought it might be a good idea this week to just do the same kind of thing, but for all of our buyers out there in the market. Uh, And I guess specifically what I'm really interested in is as a buyer looking to come in and get their first home in 2023 with the market the way it is. What are some really simple you know, tips and bits of advice for anyone looking to do that? Look, I think that the first and most important, Kieran, is that markets rise and fall. And when you're sitting on the sidelines in the boom times like we had in 2021, it can feel like everyone's getting rich except for me and you can feel really, uh, you know, really despondent about that point. And that's obviously when the market's charging ahead in a bull market. But markets do rise and fall, and um, you know, over the years, the amount of times I've had people say to me as a real estate agent, "You can't lose on Sydney property," and it's like, well, <laughs> actually, you can. It happens quite regularly. Markets don't always rise, and they don't always fall. We are in a falling market at the moment. In my twenty-five years in real estate, Kieran, if I look at the people who made the savviest purchases, they made those purchases in the darkest hour for the market. They didn't buy in booms and hope it kept going. Uh, What I've seen in my time in real estate is when the market's down, the smart money comes out to play. So I guess for someone who's new to the market, let's assume it's their first property purchase, how do they know that it's the darkest hour? How do they know that now is the time? You don't. Okay. So on that point then, they don't necessarily know when the bottom has arrived and you don't know the bottom until, of course, it's gone. And you don't know the top until it's hit. Exactly. Exactly. What, you know, previously when we mentioned sellers, for example, we said, okay, if you're going to sell your property, one of the most important steps is to make sure that you adequately research properties like yours, the process you might use, et cetera, et cetera. Similarly for buyers, is there an element of research and preparation they can do before they start to go to open homes, before they seriously look at, you know, making an offer somewhere to ensure that they know what kind of part of the the market they're in and whether or not now is the right time? The research they do will tell them two things, what the market has done in the past and what the market is doing at that point in time. Whether you're buying or selling, no amount of research will tell you what the market's going to do tomorrow because markets are animal spirits and they're beholden to events. So when you purchase a property, there's no guarantee that it'll continue to fall. There's no guarantee that it'll start to rise. Uh, These are short-term machinations of the market. In Sydney, in Australia, markets have tended to benefit people long-term. I own investment properties in Adelaide. Adelaide did nothing for 10 years. Now Sydney's falling and Adelaide's somehow rising in spite of the interest rate rises. So for those buyers, I guess there is going to be a big difference for someone who's looking for some short-term capital growth uh, and, you know, get rich quick scheme for lack of a better description. Uh, For people who are looking for longer-term stability, who are looking for a home for security and safety, really what you're saying is they shouldn't be so concerned about 
what the market is doing right now because obviously their scope is five or 10 or 15 years down the line. If not more. Uh, so one of the uh, sales trainers that I've always uh, listened to is an American called Brian Tracy. And his view to real estate, because he's not a real estate agent, was very simple. He said, I just look at every piece of real estate with a 20-year view. Will this be a good piece of real estate in 20 years? That's not to say I'm going to hold it for 20 years, but will this be a good piece of real estate in 20 years? And over the years in our real estate office, we've looked at properties and said that's good real estate um, because the fundamentals of the property are sound and will always be sound regardless of the market conditions. That's not to say that good real estate doesn't fall in price at times, but good you'd always prefer to own good real estate than spe- speculative uh, product that's maybe been uh, cheaply renovated, for example, because there's a developer looking to do a, a quick uh, hit and run job on the on the property, if you like. Yeah, I think much easier said than done, though. Obviously, uh, our media, you know, particularly in Sydney, love to over amplify the property market and make it seem so you know quick and fast and powerful uh, and it can be very hard to visualize and, and, everyone, and everyone has their own agenda I, I read those articles too kieran and if you get a calculator out in a pen and paper and you add up the renovation costs and the stamp duty costs and the agents uh, costs on the selling price and um and then work out what the person paid for the property and sold it for you'll realize that a lot of the people that are glorified in the gossip columns for example <laughs> lost money or didn't make very much at all yeah Look, the uh, I raise it only as I guess the important point for buyers is not not to be caught up in the hype that's in the media because it is you know it can be misleading as you say. Transaction costs when it comes to real estate are onerous and they do take a lot of the shine away from gross profit or perceived profit and and actual profit. And some of the most profitable people in the property market are the quietest. Absolutely. Look, uh, I guess getting a little bit specific with buyer advice here, Peter, we often talk about, you know, again, on the seller side, there's some really important questions you can ask. Uh, you can make sure that you are selecting the right elements in, in all those those different capacities, I guess. Uh, for buyers, is there any really pertinent questions that you would ask as a buyer if you're meeting with an agent at the property that you're interested in? Uh, look, and this is not being disparaging against real estate agents. It's really not. But if you're a buyer... When it comes to asking questions of the real estate agent, you have to believe nothing and check everything. That's not to say that every real estate agent will tell you a lie, because they won't. Some will tell it straight. But the reality is you need to take control of your own scenario. And when someone is going to get a financial reward by selling you a property, that person, in my eyes, loses the right to be any sort of independent advisor as to whether you should buy the property and what you maybe should pay for it. That real estate agent is being paid a healthy commission by the seller to maximize the sale price. So it's better and safer if you believe nothing and check everything. I think that's uh, good advice in life in general, Peter. Uh, So looking at the way the market's operating this year, it is a falling market as we've discussed previously. I guess, what are the major benefits for buyers who are willing to, to stick it out and purchase in this, in this market? If the stock market dropped 10% today, there would be people lining up tomorrow, not literally, but you know, in terms of their orders. Digitally. Digitally. Yep. There'd be people lining up to rush in and buy at those levels tomorrow because they see the long-term value in BHP, Rio, whatever it might be after a 10% drop on, 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 on the equity markets. 
If the property market dropped 10% tomorrow, buyers don't rush in and say, I see the long-term value here. They rush out and say, it could drop another 10% tomorrow, so I'm going to stay on the sidelines that little bit longer. And if you are buying a property with a 20-year view and you're looking for fundamentals and good real estate, if you buy at the bottom of the market, it's usually good luck, just as if you sell at the top of the market, that's usually good luck as well. But if you're playing the long-term trends and spot a good opportunity when you see it, even if it's not the bottom of the market, go for it. So I've sold many properties over the years by telling the buyer that the property that they're about to buy will probably, not certainly, but will probably fall in value before it rises in value. And anyone that's held on for more than 18 18 months to three years has always seen good growth on that property. Now, we all need to live somewhere, and this is what makes me laugh about people that have utter doomsday scenarios for the property market because they think that people will be forced to sell their homes and live in cars or tents. And the reality is, is that Sydney is is a global city with um, serious financial activity around it and that the vast majority of residents, thankfully, will either be renting a property or owning a property. And it's a very good property market, but that's not to say that it doesn't fall in price at times and you need to buy good real estate with a long-term view. Well, let's just say, historically, even with falls, uh, Sydney usually does recover in the positive for those that are willing to hold. As we sort of... You know, move towards wrapping up today, Peter. I wonder, uh, have you got any advice for buyers in terms of, I guess, some some traps or little tricks that they should be mindful of that agents or sellers or anyone in the market might employ to try and you know offload their property, you know, more, I guess, in a in a faster way in a market like this. Well, the classic one is underquoting, of course, uh, where you'll have a million dollar property using round numbers, and the agent will invite people to the auction on the basis that the auction will start at 850 and it goes where it goes. Now, only the most naive of the buyers thinks that it's going to sell below 950 and the hardened market players know that it's going to be around a million dollars for a property like that. You'll only get caught out once or twice by that, but it's uh, it's a trick in the game that everyone needs to be aware of. The real estate agent will credit themselves for running an aggressive and dynamic sales campaign Um, because there's all these buyers that are bidding at the auction, and it wasn't a dynamic sales and advertising campaign. There's just a heap of hopefuls outside thinking they're going to buy a million-dollar property for 900000 when they're not. So I think that's the major one in the market at the moment. You do need to ask yourself whether you should rely on the vendor's due diligence when it comes to pest and building inspections. The better the state of the property, maybe the more comfortable you are with the written report. If it is a property that has issues or could have issues such as damp, termites, roof issues, footing issues. I'd be probably commissioning my own pest and building inspector just to give it the once all. Again, that's not to say that the report um, provided by the vendor and the vendor's agent is uh, doctored in any way, but uh, at the end of the day, it's your two or three million dollars that's uh, that's going down on the line. So what's what's paying another seven hundred dollars for peace of mind report in in, in that instance? I'm glad you raised due diligence. Uh, my next question was, was really quite targeted toward that. Uh, one of the things I've heard from from buyers in the past is it's disheartening to, you know, particularly in the face of underquoting, go to a bunch of properties, have to purchase a building report, 
go and make a bid and realize that they're completely outclassed on the property. Uh, and in some cases, you know, doing this five, six, seven, eight times, paying conveyances fees, you know, racking up thousands and thousands of dollars in bills. Is there a way or, or do you have any advice for, for people in that position as perhaps what might be a good marker for them, you know, that dictates, hey, I should actually go ahead with my due diligence on this property or maybe I should skip it in favor of just seeing what happens? Uh, look, I, I think you need to d- to decide what the subject property means to you and you need to be realistic about what it's likely to sell for. And what it's likely to sell for is at a price that you can pay and, and are willing to pay. And if you can't, don't engage. What's the difference in, in presentation between a dodgy real estate agent underquoting and a, and, a, and a truthful real estate agent? Well, I guess it comes down to your research because on paper they, they would look the same. They look the same, exactly yeah. right. You meet the real estate agent, they're personable, they're trained to be charismatic and charming and persuasive. So it's very hard as a consumer when you're, you know, you've got a family to run, you've got a household to run, you've got a job to do Monday to Friday, and then you step out on Saturday morning and all the real estate agents are personable and, and persuasive. Well, who's misleading me with an underquote here and who's telling the truth? The reality is that you shouldn't rely on any price guide that you're given and that you should do your own research so that you don't get caught out the way you've outlined there. Oh, well, look, there's a you know an incredibly well-known old adage that if it seems too good to be true, Peter, it typically is. Uh, you know you know yourself, I, I've been caught out as a victim of underquoting myself in the market, and I have experience and knowledge. So it can be quite difficult to spot without doing all of that due diligence yourself. We're all susceptible to messages that we want to hear. Kieran, in 2023, you look like you've lost weight. That's very kind of you, Peter. That's a message that you're very favorable to, whether it's true or untrue. I'm not suggesting either way, but you can see there that instantly when we hear a message that we want to hear, we fall for it. Your children are so well-mannered. Oh, well, why thank you? They may not be well-mannered, but we want to hear that. And uh, you can buy this million-dollar house for eight hundred and fifty to 900000 All you need to do is get your due diligence together and be here next Saturday. And I'm telling you, there's no one else interested in this property. And the vendor might just take your bid if you're there and there on the day. Absolutely. And I'm always confused when I get there and there's 65 other couples holding exactly the same bit of paper ready to go. Yes, indeed. It, It does happen. Look, the other underrated aspect of buying a property, and it's not mentioned often enough, Kieran, and that is, who are you going to be living next door to? Who are the neighbours? And I think knocking on the immediate neighbours' doors and just saying, we're considering buying the property next door. Tell me about the area. Do you like living here? Is there anything we should know? Um, you'll, You'll work out pretty quickly whether you're comfortable to have that person as a neighbour, I'm not suggesting you go door knocking for a new best friend, but if you are going to insp- you know, invest substantial amounts of your wealth in a property, I think it's an underrated aspect of that process, knowing who you'll live next door to and across the road from. Look, that's uh, incredibly good advice. And in fact, you know, anecdotally, when, when we purchased uh, our, our home at the end of 2021, one of the things we did was, was talk to some people in the area, uh, but we also grabbed uh, some takeaway dinner and sat in the local park you know, around 5.30 at night, just to, to keep a, an eye on and get a sense of, of what, what that area was like as the light started to, to go down. And, and yeah, for us, it was a really reaffirming thing. Uh, so certainly good advice for, for any buyers looking at Sometimes to, to- it'll be reaffirming um, in the positive and sometimes it'll confirm that you should move on to the next opportunity. But good on, good on you for doing that, you know, extra level of research because many people don't. Well, look, either way, you get the answers you need, right? 
Look, uh, as always, Peter, really great to chat. Looking forward to uh, to seeing you next week. Thanks, Kieran. All the best. Thank you. Thanks for joining us on the Current Market Insights podcast, brought to you by Harris Partners Real Estate, the podcast providing real estate insights you won't find anywhere else.